if you found us here, you're probably a little like me. You think it's time to rethink the way that we do business. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and this is the Client Experience Revolution. This podcast is for entrepreneurs and will give you all the tips, tricks, and tools that other badass business leaders are using to serve their community, their clients, while still taking care of themselves. So let's dive into this week's episode, have a little fun, and learn along the way too. This episode is brought to you by Link Consulting Solutions. Are you a badass entrepreneur looking to up-level your capacity, maybe supercharge your clarity and reconnect like a rock star? We'll head on over to linkcs.com to find out how we can accomplish this and more. We have virtual assistant matchmaking as well as clarity and client re-engagement consulting. That's L-I-N-Q-C-S.com. See you there. Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm Raya Gonzalez, your host. And today we have a very special guest, Joyce Feistel. And we are going to talk about baby boomers and how they are booming in business and how Joyce is standing right alongside them, supporting them and helping them be extremely successful. And if you're not a baby boomer, you need to stick around because this episode has a lot. It's going to be just chock full of value for you too. Please, please stick around. It's for everyone. So Joyce, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about your business. I know your business is called Boomer Social Media Tutor. And tell us a little bit about how you serve people. Well, how I serve people is primarily by helping them with their LinkedIn profiles and the entire LinkedIn user experience. I think LinkedIn is so mystifying to people, even though when you dig right into it, it's not that different really than Facebook, which most boomers are using if you look statistically. I will also help people with a Facebook business page. And I do it mostly just like we're talking today here. I would have you pull up your your LinkedIn, share the screen, and off we go. So it's in that type of environment is the main way I help people, though I do a fair amount of speaking and group training as well. I love that. I think, well, I mean, I, I there's definitely been times where I could use the one-on-one instruction as well. It can seem overwhelming. And LinkedIn has changed so much, even over the last couple of years in the way yes. that people are using it. I think that we've talked about this too in another recent p- podcast regarding LinkedIn, that people used to use it as their online resume. And now it's really a cut, the no BS cut through the noise let's talk business. And if you're on there, you know, it's implicit that that's what you're, that's what you're there for. It's not for playtime or for personal, although there is quite a bit of personal connection that happens there. So Mm -hmm. what do you see in terms of challenges and how your business can serve boomers? You know, what's going on right now for your generation that this type of service can really be of service to them? Well, there's a couple of thoughts that run through my mind and really impacted in part by the pandemic. But frankly, there's been age discrimination starting around, what, 45 or 50? I mean, for a long time. What is the perfect age? Something like what? Between 34 and a half and 41? I'm making this up, obviously. I know, but it's true. Yeah, young people like, oh, well, you don't have enough experience. I know young people that will hide the year they graduated college on LinkedIn because they don't want people to know how young they are. Think about it on that end, right? 
And then you have the whole, you know, almost really perennial discrimination against people who are in their 50s and older. I was looking for work. It was 2003. I was 54. I'll never forget this guy sitting on a table very casually when the actual interviewer was, it was, you know, sitting more normally in a chair and I was, you know, behind, sort of in front of them. And he was her manager. Why was he even on that interview? And at one point he said, oh, well, you earned this at this last job. And I don't know, there's not going to be as much money at this job. And I've been out of work for probably seven or eight months. I'm like, I would have taken any job just to have some money coming in. And, you know, I just felt like all the other people who work there mainly were in their 20s. And he looked at me in my 50s. I'm like, is this lady even going to fit in at all? I mean, it was kind of it just felt that. Though, of course, he didn't say it per se. But I felt that he was very dismissive. Yes, I think that's absolutely true. And I think that we can't minimize the discrimination portion of this. But I no, think no. that we we do have this issue, too, where people feel like it's a mismatch, like you're either underqualified or overqualified. Yeah, um, you know, you're either too quiet or you're too boisterous. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you know, you're too young, you're too old. But, you know, and that makes for a very difficult, as you mentioned, in this climate where so many people have lost their jobs, you know, and they're having to reinvent themselves and they don't even know how to get started. And then to have that, you know, the additional challenge of, you know, I can imagine there's some, I mean, I'm, so I'm, I think I'm technically, I'm technically the the tail end of Gen X. So I was born in 1978. So Mm -hmm. I remember passing paper notes. I also remember the dot matrix printer. I was one of the first (laughs) families that adopted a PC, which we had actual floppy disks where we had to boot up the computer. So I actually had, I would say an earlier exposure to technology only because I had a parent that had a lot of interest in it, but no, none of my friends had a computer in their home. We had like two computers for the whole school. You know, it was very, very uh, rare that we interacted. There was a lot more like maybe word processors that were replacing Mm -hmm. the typewriters. And so I had the best of both worlds in the sense where I actually watched the internet sort of grow up alongside with me. And, and it's been a challenge for me and, you know, even keeping up, I mean, like even something as simple as this boom arm that I was putting together when we got onto the call together, I'm, I asked my 20 year old and it's literally all assembled. I just have to like put it on the desk and like fix a couple things. I'm like, can you just help me with this thing? Because I just don't know. And I have an IT degree. So, I mean, like, (laughs) but it just, it moves so fast. You know what I mean? That, and I, and also I'm a Mac user. And so when things are in a Microsoft world and you, you favor one over the other, you can be out of your element So I can't even imagine walking into maybe having had a corporate job where you did something the same way, or maybe having a very extended gap in employment and then walking into an environment, not only with that deficit in the technology and the way things are moving, you know, and how you're getting those jobs, but then after a pandemic where everything in business has shifted digitally in a whole new level, So can you speak to that with your clients and what they're experiencing um, in that regard? Oh, yeah. So most of my clients are business owners, uh, about, I'd say, 80%. 
And most of my clients are over the age of 55. So again, going back to the years, I have a daughter born right after you, born in December of 80. So the boomers, to be specific, in case people don't have that number in their head for whatever reason, are from born between 1946 and 1964. After the war, the baby boomers, the whole kind of post-World War II boom in general, we're all part of that. And I'm born in December of 1948. So I'm on the older end of the boomers, like you're on the younger end of the Gen Xers. At any rate, what's going on then for these We'll start with the 20% of my clientele approximately who are job seekers. They're in just, they're shocked. And, you know, they're having so much trouble. I uh, compare it to, to Tinder almost like, oh, I have to go out and date, you know, swipe, swipe, swipe or something. So they maybe never how they got on LinkedIn because LinkedIn for so many years, to my world at least, was used only when you were looking for work. Well, you've had the same job for 10, 15, 20 years. You paid no attention to LinkedIn, Right. So that's one group that's just like, oh, deer in the headlights. And then you have the business owner that kind of knows what they're doing and they have no IT person. When my husband retired, he goes, you know who I'm going to miss the most for my job? The IT department. Not his best friend there, maybe <laughs> the IT department. Gal with an IT degree. We fortunately have a really good IT consultant you know, for our whole family. So, that's, so the, the business owners have to figure so much of it out themselves. And maybe they'll go to a course or maybe they'll invite their nephew over or something and they'll go, dim, 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 you got that, Aunt Joyce? You know, like, no, I didn't get that. So that's where people really turn to somebody who they can ask questions of and just give them feedback, you know, on how they show up on, on their LinkedIn and also just how to approach networking. There's a whole nother thing you do, whether you're a job seeker, you're going to job seeking groups, right? That's a kind of networking. How do you do it all through Zoom? Oh my gosh, talk about an overlay, right? I recently did a, about a 30-minute Zoom-based tutorial for baby boomers on how to communicate virtually when you're looking for work. Whether say we were in a job interview here, or I'm at the job seeker group, and these people turn off their videos. What are they? Just in their pajamas or something, you know, and they don't want to show up, show up on Zoom like you'd show up in real life. So then the same with the business owners. They're just like at a loss. And in going out and meeting people, you know, it's hard anyway sometimes. So I think that's a whole nother layer of the dynamic of being older and being whether it's the dating world or the business world. There's it can be overwhelming. Which here leads me into the next part of your story that is so fascinating to me is that you've really um, been in business for about eight years, correct? This month. Yeah. This month. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Your baby business is eight years old. Let's see. What grade would that be? That would be like (laughs) third grade. grade. (laughs) I should do some sort of post. Maybe today on LinkedIn, like March is over. I want to celebrate. Like I have kind of like two anniversaries. I have the one from when I came up with the name, which was in October of 2010. So that's, you know, a few years. That was two and a half years before I retired out of the day job into being full-time with my business. And that was in March of 13. So that's a lot of times I'll use that as my, it feels kind of more like an anniversary in terms of being, doing this sort of 24-7, if you will. I do the same thing. I actually started this business 
doing this part-time in about May to March of 2018. And then I didn't go full-time with it until November 1st of 2018. And that was only because I wasn't working another job. And I was like, well, I should probably get a business license. You know what I mean? Like, cause I was just doing it, you know, as like a favor slash, you know, side gig thing, like help a couple of friends out. And then I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess I, I can't say I'm unemployed. I guess I'm self-employed. So yeah. Yeah. But I, what I, what I loved about this part of your story and this, we touched on before we started recording was I'm anyone who watches a podcast or consumes any of my content knows that I'm a huge fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. And one of the things that I love that he says, I love that. I love that. I love that. He says this is stop saying it's over. Stop saying that you miss the mark because you're 30 or you're 40 or you're 50 or older. You have so much life to give. Even if you only had five days, five months, whatever, why would you waste it doing something you don't love? And really the bottom line is we're living longer and longer and longer. And you, as wherever you are in your point right now in your life, I didn't start my business until I turned 40. And wherever you are, you have more experience than you did before. Mm-hmm. You have more, you know, gumption. You have more behind you. You have more life experiences that will shape you and create this thing that you're creating for the world, this problem that you're solving for the world. And if we go into it saying, well, I guess I'll do this thing, but I'm, I know I missed the mark. I know I'm too late. You're missing the point. And I love that you only started your business eight years ago because it just shows that, and we talked about, you know, different goals too, you know, like you're not trying to, you know, you're not trying to scale your business and sell it off right now, you know, like, and so that maybe those types of things change. Like maybe if you were 28 years old, that Mm. might be a goal of yours. Whereas if you're 60 years old, you want to make, you want to generate enough liquid income for your family to supplement your, you know, your retirement and, or you didn't do enough in your retirement, which I see, I used to work for a short period of time. I worked in retirement and insurance and I would see people say, I want to retire, but I only have $70,000. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, you can't retire because how are you going to live off of $70,000 for the rest of your life? Like, Social security is going to pay you at most like 12 to $20,000 a year. You can't live off of that. And so maybe this is an opportunity where you can come in and do something with different goals, but Mm -hmm. do it with something that you love and with a lot of intentionality. But that's why I said, you know, like really the, my first title for this podcast was the timeless entrepreneur, because Mm -hmm. I loved the, the idea that it really doesn't matter what age you start. It just matters that if that's what's in your heart, that you have something to give that you start. You know, uh, you referenced Gary Vaynerchuk, a very well-known and respected individual. I was thinking the whole time you were talking about Steve Jobs and the very well-known speech he gave. And if people haven't seen it, check this out. Stanford University commencement address, 2005, Steve Jobs. 
there are two key threads that I got out. I've heard my minister give a whole sermon based on this talk. And it was after he had dodged cancer, before cancer took him. And one of the things he said was, you can't connect the dots forward. And we're speaking to graduates like, oh, Mr. Jobs, please predict the future for us. Well, no, obviously you can't. But he said, you can connect them backwards. And you're a Mac person. So, so he said, when he designed the Apple computer, he used principles he learned in calligraphy at the age of 19 at the college he dropped out of because, you know, he didn't really need college for his ambitions. But the point is he took those principles and applied them about 10 years later in the design of his his computer. So like for me, where does that go back to? My decades ago when I thought I was going to be a teacher, what else did girls do who were born in 1948? Let's count on one hand, right? Teaching, nursing, secretary, retail work, work in a family business, right? If you're going to work outside the home. At any rate, so you can connect those out. I was a teacher. I've been a Toastmaster speaking in leadership for 24 years that all of that weaves into what I do today, need to meet complete strangers and help them out and answer their question, kind of like a hobby. So anyway, so connect the dot backwards. But the my real one, other one I thought of even more was when you find what you're called to do, I almost want to cry. You won't, like when you fell in love, remember when you fell in love the first time or with your current partner, if you have a partner, I mean, I'll never forget. I'll never forget how I felt when I fell in love with my husband. I mean, really almost from first, first sight. And that's how you know it. You just know it in your heart. That's what I'm called to do. So at any rate, so when my manager, now almost be 11 years ago, brought up the idea to me that since I was good at talking about this newfangled back then, newfangled social media to our clients and got them onto our company's social media sites, encouraged them, the best on the team. And I was, of course, 61 back then to my 72 now. At any rate, he said, Joyce, since you're so good at explaining the social media to our clients, hey, have you ever thought of helping other people in your baby boomer generation to understand social media? And that was like, you know, when the skies parted and God just channeled himself through Brett Sandburn in that very moment and said, have you ever thought? So here's a line I would say, if someone ever says to you, have you ever thought of, and don't just blow them off. Don't just say, well, that's ridiculous. Going back to I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too whatever. I couldn't do that. Well, maybe you could, you know, because somebody sees that in you, it's there at some level. So that's just my reflections on that, just to me, very pivotal talk for me and how it's applied to my life and so many people's lives. I'm very grateful to Steve Jobs, who can be sort of a hard ass, right? Normally. Mm -hmm. But that day, there was a softer, gentler side of Steve Jobs that came out. And that, I think, is one of the reasons it's such a remarkable talk. Absolutely. I was thinking, you know, you've like brought up a really good point. With this pandemic, there's been so many decisions that I, as a business uh, owner, have had to make. And one of the things that I had been tossing around, because even though we are about 75 episodes in with this podcast, you know, we don't have a huge listenership, which was never my intention. You know, we don't, it, it's really just something that I, it was one of those, have you ever thought of type things? <laughs> I have a lot of things to say. I like to talk. <laughs> and so I had a moment within the last couple of weeks where I was doing some meditation and, and I was, and it was one of those things where I was speaking my truth. I was saying, you know, like there are some people that I needed to set boundaries with. There were some people that I needed to be kind and compassionate, but honest with them with some feedback. 
And, and then what came to me in that moment was this speaking this truth is that I need to tell my story. And, and this is the platform in which I tell my story. So the questioning of whether or not the podcast goes on, because, you know, that was a question was like, should I keep doing this? Because it doesn't, it's not revenue generating activity. It is something where I get to have the most amazing conversations with the most amazing people. It opens doors professionally, personally, but the clouds parted. And I was like, this is where I tell my story. This is something that I love and I truly um, connect with people and I need to do this. And so that was, that was a really special moment and it is worth getting emotional over. If you don't mm-hmm. get emotional, that doesn't mean you have to cry about, you know, your, your job or your business. But mm-hmm. if you don't feel strongly that you are making an impact in the world, then you need to reevaluate what it is that you're doing and if you're yeah. doing it for the right reasons and or if you're doing the right thing because maybe there's something that you're really really good at or that you could become really good at that would make a bigger impact and give you that feeling of satisfaction inside so how did you decide when you were structuring your business how did you decide what kind of services you were going to offer, who your target market would be, and how you were going to attract those clients in? And how did you use the tools that you had in your pocket to be able to do those things? So kind of let's just break it apart. So well, first it would be what my services were going to be, right? And then and attract, what's the second part of that question? Um, who your target market was going to be. Okay. And, and how, how you were okay, okay. What I'm going to do, right, right. So I, I, I'll take the middle one because the target market was already kind of given to me by my manager. Yeah, and it made sense. It made so much sense because I, being a baby boomer myself, I am so relatable to the other baby boomers. So therefore, it, and although I love to, here's, I'm a two-sided coin. I'm really a millennial in disguise. <laughs> I love millennials. I'm more millennial than a lot of millennials I know. So I just want to put that off as a side. I love that. Don't you? Because I, I didn't. At any rate, meanwhile, I am by biological age, of course, a boomer and really do enjoy my fellow boomers. You know, I have a real, just a, such a big heart for that. All right. So that was established. Now, what will I do? Well, for the roughly three years from when my manager gave me this idea until I started it, I practice with my Toastmaster friends, my friends in the speaking and leadership organization. I I felt kind of naturally, well, I would sit down with people and help them with their, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook. Mostly I did LinkedIn because I felt like I knew that better. I'm using it a little more. So I went just sitting down with them and helping them kind of said, okay, this is what I can do. Of course, I had to figure out what to charge. That was like this big mystery because I didn't really know anybody else doing this kind of thing initially. So then I, I asked around and I thought, well, you know, as I'm sure I underestimated myself, it was $50 an hour. Okay, I believe it was my first year. And every year I have increased it until COVID, where this year I decided this is the year I'm going to just take a break from price increases. And now I charge $115 an hour. So early on, I did come up with a senior discount, which everybody kind of giggles. So you know how people are sensitive about their age, especially ladies. So I'll say, so, you know, people who are so lucky, I say, to be 60 and older as opposed to what, dead, right? So if you're so lucky to be 60 and older, I have a rate, uh, a senior discount of $90 per hour. 
like, like, you know, it's like you're going to the movies or something. Yes. Oh, a senior, see, see, don't call a senior a senior, but they love a senior discount. Isn't that, that is true? so true. <laughs> That's so true. Right. Ask your mom. Right. At any rate, they just get a kick out. And that's all my job secret rate is also 90 an hour, which some might say is still too low, but oh, whatever. You know, I, I want to make some money at this, but I don't want to price people out of it. Okay, so the business model would be the one-on-one. I felt like that's what I wanted to do. Okay, how do I find these people? Well, a website. You know, older people look at websites. I mean, everybody does. But I remember around the time I'm starting, again, this is over 10 years ago that I was laying all this out. Some people said back then that a, like a Gen Xer might say, oh, you got a Facebook business page? Oh, good. You don't need a website. Oh, no. Boomers, they will want a website. Right. That's what they're used to looking at. So I had a website up. And in fact, the day I retired, the day I retired, I'm driving home and, and my phone rings. Probably shouldn't have picked it up, but I answer it. And it's a lady who'd found me on the internet, liked the look of me. And she engaged me for like five or six sessions That's in amazing. Washington, D.C., total stranger. Really there. And then not too long after that, a lady from Toronto, Canada finds me on the internet, pays me so much money to finance my Toastmasters convention trip to Cincinnati. So there. So definitely the internet has helped. But far and away, the, the way I typically have attracted most people is through the networking I do here in the Denver area. Gotcha. So that is typically around 70%. So I got hustling and finding networking groups. And if you find one networking group, then that can lead you to others because then you do say a one-to-one conversation Well, where else you hang out. So that all kind of just one one led to the other, to the other, to the point where you've got to really kind of talk about setting boundaries. You got to figure, well, which ones really work for me? Yep. You know, now it's kind of tricky because I have these gals I'm really tight with down in Tampa Bay, Florida, you know, through Zoom. But I'm, I just told them yesterday, because I was the guest speaker, that I can't keep coming to your group. You know, you're very sweet people. They meet like every Tuesday at four Eastern time. But, you know, two mountain time where I live in the Denver area, that's like prime tutoring time, prime other time. Yes. I, I can't hang out with them. I'm going to come and visit. So, yeah, for me, I just want to meet everybody and get to know them well. But, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. This so, is true. This is yeah. true. And that's mm-hmm. actually how I built my business, too, was networking and primarily in-person networking. Right. Which, of course, has changed significantly for the better and for the worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's true. Yeah. But I think what I was going to say, too, like whoever your SEO person is, like they deserve a raise for you. Yeah, getting that. Right. <laughs> that many hits right away. That's pretty awesome. like, what? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty awesome. The other thing that happens, too, is now I'm getting opportunities through speaking engagements mostly. And but then, of course, even through the ones I do virtually, then I can get I get business that comes through that. Yeah. Another stream of of opportunities and referrals, of course, once you get going. I love it. I love it. What do you find most fun about LinkedIn? That's a great question. What do I find the most fun about LinkedIn? I just think knowing who else knows somebody else. I feel like yes. I'm Manawa, Wisconsin, population 1000. I'm in some like this big, small town. I'm like, oh my gosh, she, and I feel that way about Facebook sometimes too. Oh, look, so-and-so is connected. Oh, so-and-so is coming. I know so-and-so, you know, this, that, I don't know. I'm a social person (laughs) and I find it fascinating. I kind of want to go, well, how did you get to know them? I think it's kind of cool. I think it's cool too. I, I just recently finished a LinkedIn campaign where I reached out to every single one of my 721 
first connections. And I had many, 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 many Zoom meetings and then many just conversations. But I felt like compelled, especially in this environment, to know them personally or at least to give it a try. And I just, it it came from a meeting that I had with a gentleman who said to me, So I see that you know Phil. Oh, yeah. No, Phil. And, And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know Phil. I said, I don't know how we got connected, you know, but whatever. So I was like, never again. That will never happen again, you know. And if it does happen, it won't be because I didn't try, you know. And so, you know, I, so I went on this campaign to really try to get to know everyone and at least, you know, extend an invitation to know more about their business. Cause that's really what I wanted. I wasn't trying to close any business or mm-hmm. cold call anybody, really strictly networking, wanting to know what they're about, who they're talking to. I like to call myself the human Rolodex. I like to be able to refer. Yeah, there's going to be a certain age. They're going to go, what the hell are you talking about? I know. Rolodex. I don't even think people know <laughs> what a Rolodex is. You analog, so beautiful. <laughs> you don't even understand how awesome a Rolodex was. It was awesome. <laughs> You had to write in pencil because things change. <laughs> twirled around is kind of yes. fun to play with. <laughs> it you was know. awesome. It was awesome. I know our but, main focus isn't LinkedIn, but I just thought I'm going to throw this in there. Yeah. I think that I mean, this could apply to other things in business, but I know a gal that was on one of the very first podcasts I was on this kind of launched my recent podcast career, if you want to call it, that is guesting. And her policy was much like yours is now with the 700 some people. When someone wants to connect with her, she says to them, let's have a phone call. Let's do Zoom. And then I'll decide. So she's vetting them on the front end that way. And she will only connect with people where she resonates with them. That's her policy. That's how she rolls. That's her deal. Me, I'm a little more of an open. I mean, I have like almost... Let's see, a little over 9,000 connections. Yeah. Wow. So certainly I don't know them all, obviously. And here's my philosophy. If a person seems like a stand-up guy or gal, and you know, I research them a bit, you know, I ask them, I always ask them, why did you reach out to me? And they come back with some legitimate answer. I will accept them. And the reason I do is because then I figure I have more people who may see the tips that I provide on LinkedIn. Yes. So I'm thinking like really an educator. Well, you know, yes. once you train as something, you think that way. An engineer thinks like an engineer, right? An educator thinks like an educator. You know, I told you before we started, I'm not that motivated by money, which being in sales for 17 years, that's kind of a disconnect, right? But anyway, I'm motivated by when people catch on because that's what I thought originally I wanted to do was help kids to learn. Yeah. So therefore, I figure that. I had a lady just yesterday link with me. She said, remember, I met you with Donna Evans had this program. I'm like, looking back and like, that was four years ago. She's been tracking with me on LinkedIn. She said, I really enjoy watching what you say. Do you have any advice on a good resume writer? There you go. Then I was able to come up with two people. And I said, no, I could send you their LinkedIn profile so I could do an email introduction. Oh, would you do an email introduction? That'd be really nice. So I feel like, you know, I'm on LinkedIn to help other people, you know, not just make the money out of it. That's part of it. But it just makes me feel good that I can be educating these people who I don't even know. Yes. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. 
Well, I love what you do. I think it's amazing. I think it's, like I said, I think it's applicable for people of all ages. There's really no bad time to follow your passion. There's really no bad time. And again, going back to Gary Vee, he says, if you like um, gummy bears, make a podcast about gummy bears and monetize it. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you like trading cards, you know, like flip trading cards and make a buck or two, you know, really my mom is probably one of the craftiest people that I know. And she'll pick up furniture on the side of the road and sand it down and paint it and sell it on Facebook marketplace and make like $200, you know, there's yeah, my mom. So like, I think there's a little something for everyone and she's um, retired and, you know, like that's just like a little extra jingle jangle in her pocket, but you know, it's just, it's something that's creative and fun for her, but you know, she got it for free and she's able to make it into something that's beautiful and it's going to help somebody else. And I think it's, it's kind of like that. What is the name of that game? Bigger or better? You know, when you used to go to the door with a paperclip and you say, do you have anything bigger or better than this paperclip? And then you would go to the next door and you would say, you know, like, I think you can do that with business too. I think that you can find what works for you. And part of what drives me in business is less, I do love, love, love what I do. But what really drives me is that the lifestyle works for both the workaholic in me and also the ability to say, I need to take this entire day. You know what I mean? So there are days where I'm on from early in the morning until late at night. And there are days where I say, I am not doing a damn thing today. And so the flexibility to be able to do that is it works for me. And so you have to decide what quality of life do you want? What is it that you want to be doing? Mm -hmm. Who do you want to serve? How do you want to serve them? How much are you going to pay for that? And, and then go from there. And if you're confused by all of it, I think it's good to, to figure out what resources you need. What do you need to get started? And then ask for help because nobody's going to have all of the answers. One thing that's helped me and that is free outside of time is being in mastermind groups. I'm in two different masterminds and they meet about once a month up to once every two months. And we've been, of course, meeting on Zoom for now, but soon back in person. And what's interesting is in one of my masterminds, both the women are just younger than you. They're in their 30s. And one is a uh, kind of a business coach and a coach with people on helping them be better communicators, especially storytellers. And the other is a video production company owner. And they teach me so much. I mean, they're really business savvy. And I, I don't feel like I kind of teach them as much about business per se as maybe life. You know, I feel like one of the advantages of getting older, you already mentioned it, is you have this increasing layers and layers of life experience, lessons mm-hmm. learned, all of that. And if you look at it sort of generatively, what do people in their latest later stages of life do? They're really here to help mentor the youngers. You know, I've people in my Toastmasters club, I just mentored a gal yesterday. I gave her some tips on her speech. I was her evaluator also. So I gave her feedback out in front of the whole group, of course, virtually in the club meeting. But then then afterwards, you know, she wrote back and said, oh, I really appreciated, you know, what you had to say. So some things she could have done well and things she did really well. So at any rate, where I'm going with this is when you reach out and you have people that know you well, 
they can be, they'll be honest with you. When you yes. bring something up, they'll just level with you. I also have beyond that an accountability partner. And that's someone I simply talk to about every two weeks by phone usually. And we each talk for about a half hour about what we're doing and how we're progressing on what we talked about last time. Like she's a, a book author. Now she's an author too, but she mostly works as an, an editor for authors and she has her own workbook coming up. So it's exciting to see the evolution of this workbook, which is just about to launch. So it's so neat to have somebody else have an enthusiasm for your business. Yes. And I have this amazing husband, April Fool's Day, 49 years. He's funny. He's cute. He's got a pension. Love no, I've never read about <laughs> he does the laundry, you know. I mean, someone says, I would, you know, you know. And he's the most lo- amazing man. Yet, does he want to talk about my business? And no. you, I think not. And so it's really important to have people away from your inner circle anyway, you know, you're beyond your family that will, like I say, level with you, that you can run things by. You can help them, they can help you. So I throw that out as resources to people and to be open-minded about who you do this with. Don't do yes. it with a bunch of people who are just like you. Yeah, You're not going to get as many different perspectives. Well, and I think, so I definitely would put a plug for business coaches. I think there is a place that business coaching is absolutely crucial. It was a big pivotal part for me because I felt so lost in the very beginning. And so getting a business coach was one of the best things I could have done. Another plug for the Small Business Administration, if you need free resources, SCORE has mentors through the Small Business Administration that you can meet with one or two times. They can find you who's industry specific and who is usually retired and volunteering their time to help the younger generation, you know, with questions that they might have. And that was actually through a meeting when I decided that I was actually going to do this because originally when I started my business, I was just going to do administrative work 40 hours a week for clients. And that's what I was going to do. And I met with a small business administration mentor and he was like, actually, that's not what you're going to do. He's like, that's a horrible idea. You're going to scale. And he was like, and I was like, but you don't get it. Like they're hiring me because it's me. Like they know because they know me. And he was like, you don't get it. You can make 40, 400, 4,000 use. Like you can do this. You can scale. And he showed me the possibility of what could happen. And, and while it didn't answer all the questions, it started connecting a dot. You know, it took me one step further towards imagining a different future. And so there are so many free resources, especially right now because of the pandemic. So if you are listening to the podcast or watching the podcast on YouTube and you are in need of resources, please look at the Small Business Administration website. Hit me up if you need business coach recommendations. If you're in the Colorado area, talk to Joyce. She knows lots of good people. There, it just you just need help outside of what you your realm is because you need a different perspective and somebody who has walked other people through it before. If you are a baby boomer and you need LinkedIn help, we are going to be including all of Joyce's information in our show notes. And I would encourage you, even if you're not looking to do anything major, but if you have not touched your profile, let's say, let's give them, let's be generous and say six months to a year. I was going to say six months. So if you have not touched your profile in six months to a year and you're a business owner or a job seeker, 
Joyce is your person. You need mm-hmm. to call her because so much has changed with the algorithm and with the way things are. And you want to show up as your best self. You don't want your profile to show something that is not who you really are. And Joyce will help you do that. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to reach out. And like I said, we will provide all of her contact information. Joyce, I always ask two questions before we wrap the episode. And I'm super excited to hear what your answers are going to be. So the first question is, we talked about so many different things. And if someone was to listen to this episode and they were only able to retain one thing, what would be the thing that you would want them to walk away with to really solidify about you know, business at any age or LinkedIn or about experience, what would it be that you would want them to really walk away with? Well, I hadn't thought of this at the beginning when you gave me the tip that this question would be coming, but having really related my second favorite story, as opposed to the story how I met my husband, but the story of how the clouds parted and my manager said, have you ever thought of? Have you ever thought of being? So my question is, the takeaway is anytime Anytime someone says to you, have you ever thought of, listen up, take notes, have them say it again. Like, what was that, Brett? What did you just say? You really think so? And please be open, be open-minded. I mean, they kind of go together. So don't be dismissive of something just because this seems kind of really out of left field. It must've come for a reason. I think I will say just really briefly, somebody recently said that to me and I like completely had a hard time swallowing what she was saying because she said that she really felt divinely like moved to tell me that part of my job is to help women reconnect to their higher self. And I was like, whoa, that's a little too woo-woo for me. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. But then what I realized was if I took it out of the context of the woo, I really do that. You know, like really what I do in my business is I help people, I draw out, like, who do you want to be? Like, who, who is it that you're driving to be? Like, okay, how do we get there? You know what I mean? Whether that be through virtual assistant matchmaking, I have a new service coming out called Clear Path Consulting, which is like getting unstuck. Or if you know you want to go somewhere, but you're not sure how to get there, we help kind of map the way to that. And then client re-engagement consulting, like who are you showing up as a business owner? And are you serving your clients in the best way? So I'm doing that. I just had never heard of it said that way. And it helped me be more intentional in the way that I do that. Really thinking, oh yeah, I'm helping them find their higher self. I'm helping them be their best self. Yeah, it is. It is spirit. I mean, you language it in whatever way you feel and that you think that person would be comfortable. But I do feel that uh, we are guided by spirit. Mm -hmm. Not just we can call, I used it God. You could call it whatever you want to call it. I think spirit is kind of a gen, you know, a little bit more open, open term for people, non-believers per se. Mm-hmm. But there is spirit somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next question for you, which is exciting, and that is not necessarily related to this topic, but it can be anything, any time in your life, any resource. What would you say is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Well, there's a little humorous twist to this. When we were kids growing up in North Central Wisconsin in the 40s and 50s and 60s, I remember my dad, who was from that very conservative politically town, all bunch of white people. And I say this because he said, everybody is valuable. Do not be prejudiced against someone because of their race. 
we're all, I would say, go back to God. You know, we're all God's creatures. You know, don't, we really don't hate anyone. The only folks you should hate, he said, are the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> because the Green Bay Packers, we were the, it, were the, oh, it was okay to hate the Green you know, the Cowboys because that was this big rival of the Green Bay Packers. So you have to figure this very, really sweet, lovely conversation. Oh my God, that is dad. the best. I love it. So my cousin lives in Dallas. I'll make sure she listens to this podcast <laughs> episode all the way to the very, very end. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Joyce, this has been an absolute pleasure. I thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Like I said, everybody, please hit Joyce up, connect with her on LinkedIn, see what she can do for you, or you know, just connect so that you can get her tips and tricks because she has a lot to give. I know I am getting a lot out of it as well. And I thank you again, Joyce. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Well, this has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and we will see you next time. You know what I love? It means so much to me that you took the time to listen to this episode. If you did enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, and you'd like to help support the Client Experience Revolution podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on your social media or even leave a rating and review. And if you want to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at link.consulting. That's L-I-N-Q dot consulting. On Twitter at Link Consulting and even better, find us on YouTube. The channel is Raya Gonzalez and you can see all of our podcast episodes in video format if you're just curious to see what our guests look like. We appreciate you so much. And that's why we're excited to see you next time.